everybody, and welcome to a new episode of StartupRad.io, your podcast show with startup news and interviews from Germany. Hello and welcome to a new edition of StartupRate.io, the wrap-up for the German entrepreneurship and startup scene. This is Christian speaking, doing the intro today, and I welcome the boss of it all, Jörn. Hey, folks. In Frankfurt, me sitting in New York, and obviously now I made the mistake not to introduce the woman first, but also we have Margaret on our show as well. As always, a pleasure. Welcome, Margaret. Hi, and, and I'm so glad to be on the phone, on, on the, you know, on again with you guys, you know, boss of it all and, you know, what's his name in New York. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's Christian. So, yeah, and, and me doing the intro has a reason because I messed up, people, and I want to start things off today with apologizing for not producing a show in February. It was due to some travel-related stuff, and uh, yeah, it was mostly me not taking care of things. It didn't have to do with the fact that I wasn't on the show the last time around either, uh, which was due to a trip, a startup innovation in Beirut, in Lebanon. So I made it out of the Lebanon, now made it back to New York. Jörn made it back from, uh, I think it was Tanzania or South Africa. Yeah, this is Africa. Awesome country. Yeah, and so, I made yeah. and I made it through my my graduate thesis. I finished my EMBA. So you know, when you talk to me now, that's like Miss MBA to you. Awesome. <laughs> and so this is a, we made it episode already. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that's our mutual excuse. Although Christian, are you sure you didn't get lost in a taxi or something using uh, one of those strange apps you're using in New York? Now, um, yeah, no, now I'm totally back. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Lyft guy. I'm not an Uber guy. I have to admit, I like Lyft, and usually they, the drivers tell me that Lyft is more fun or nicer to work with. But I uh, always wonder if that's actually the case, or if they just tell that based depending on what company um, you book the driver with. I don't know. So, so, so Christian, I do have a question about you. I, I do have a question about like the startup business in taxis in New York. I was reading these articles. You know that, like about a couple of months ago, not even um, that are starting to say that it's really hard to see a yellow cab in New York. Is that true? I no, mean, they- I don't think so. No, no, no. I don't think so. I mean, it's it's as hard as it ever was once uh, the first three raindrops come down, and then all of a sudden all the cabs seem to disappear here and there's no no cab around if you need one but i see a lot of the yellow cabs already but the uh, their whole industry is totally crushed because the taxi medallions in new york so the licenses that allow you to to drive a cab they were being traded for as much as 1.2 million dollars in yeah. in their heyday yeah. and this uh and this number now went down to i think probably 700 800,000. What usually happened was that people who paid the 1.2, 1.3 million, they considered it an investment because obviously you don't, if you are a taxi driver, you don't have 1.3 million dollars lying around. And uh, so this investment really, really lost a lot of value. And this is what uh, the Uber and Lyft industry did for them. So that sucks. And there are now like a couple of more competitors in the market as well. There is Get uh, and two or three that I now even forget. And they, yeah. And also, mm. I just added to our show notes two articles that uh, popped into my into my consciousness this morning. It's Morning Agenda, the exodus from Uber continues, New York Times, and approximately 18 hours before, they wrote two executives to leave Uber, adding to departures. So basically, at Uber, there's right now a big cut, a big 
departing on uh, senior positions. And we may also tell our listeners that this Startup News is recording on the 20th of March. So all the news before are considered all the news coming 21st and after are not in. Right. True. And it's also the first day of spring, actually. But uh, yeah, one last thing about Uber. They got a lot of bad press recently in the last couple of weeks. So they, there was the whole discussion about Uber drivers still bringing people to the airport when the travel ban of Donald Trump was, yeah, was in effect. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Uber got a lot of criticism for that, that they because the taxi drivers, they went on an, like an immediate strike for two hours or so. And Uber still brought people there. And, but here's a little a little secret, an exclusive secret for StartupRate.io listeners. I went to the protest because I covered it as a journalist and I took a lift. And lift still also brought people to the airport. So, yeah, let's see how <laughs> how many waves this will this will make. And then there was the discussion about uh, Kalanick, a part of the economic or CEO board of Donald Trump. So people pressured him to leave that council, which he did. And um, also there was, there this was bad a video with him with the two girls right in the back of an Uber. And that there was this video with him and there was a woman who worked there who, and she heavily complained about the working culture uh, being incredibly misogynistic. And I think she was one of the developers, uh, which also got a lot of attention here in the US. So Uber really, yeah, really is in the public eye. I think it happens to a lot of companies on top of their game. But yeah, I don't know how, how I don't know how much of these this is usually sustainable or not. But um, bottom line is they got a lot of criticism in the last couple of weeks. You know, I was I was just wanted to pick up on that a little bit. You know, as we move on to uh, to other some of the other issues here, but I think that the Uber example, whatever you call it, like the pickup app idea, is one of those situations where you have you know clearly a disruptive a disruptive business model that comes in, but it's disruptive on so many levels. You know, I mean, I've been reading this stuff about you know all the Uber problems. You know, they're banned, of course, here in Germany. It's yeah. it is an interesting. It's an interesting sort of perspective to watch this kind of, you know, how this kind of disrupted industry affects or disruptive technology affects this kind of industry. And the question, I guess, really is out there for, you know, is this is this going to be is the is Uber going to be like the pets.com mm -hmm. of of the apps business? You know, I mean, it's just there's so many problems. True. You know, it's you know, it's making money. But are there all these problems? But anyway, I'm just yeah, glad that Christian. You're not lost in one. That's, no, that's I, a <laughs> just the usual lost. Not like oh, not, okay. a, not, not more than average. But yeah, and I mean, with Uber, you still have this whole discussion on the horizon coming up with the self-driving cars and everything. How they are uh, going to solve this? Which also, by the way, but it's just my one sentence about this. But like one food for thought here is a crazy thing considering Donald Trump's tactic to uh, be willing to bring back coal miners jobs because I read a figure that the biggest job sector in the US is now people driving. So it's either driving taxis or Uber or Lyft or trucks or whatever. You can pretty much tell that probably in 10, 15, 20 years, all those jobs will vanish. And I think the number is like something around like 3 million people working in the driving sector right now. And those people, they yeah, they need to be trained to get other jobs if they are now around 40 years old or younger, whatever. So here was that was the Trump bashing. What uh, are we going to do today? We will have a short look at what happened in February, and then we will look in more detail into what happened in March. First off, to start with the talks about what went 
on in February, I think, is Yuan. Well, people, I found an overview. You know, I like numbers. I like statistics. I'm doing Excel sheets. Lots of uh, lots of my job is just Excel sheeting. So, I found 82.4 million euros, which is approximately 85, 19 million US dollars in 2016 has been in venture capital invested in intro tech startups. Also a little bit from the February news. Once again, a little bit rocket corner. There have been two crowdfunding, crowd lending platforms run by Rocket Internet, one of them being Lendico, which was usually tailored towards retail investors. And they've been out there to raise another capital round. And apparently in February, Kronderson reported that Lendico is in a little bit of crisis because the Spanish bank BBVA apparently backed out of towards the end of the VC round. And so it all went into dust. Talking a little bit about Uber, growth versus profit. We found a very interesting article from Knowledge at Wharton about Uber's cash burning dilemma. And I found eventually... Then there's also uh, some bad news. I mean, we're always advocating Frankfurt as a startup city anyway, because this is where Jürgen is more or less headquartered. There, there was a new study about Berlin only being number four in Europe's startup capitals behind Paris, London and Stockholm. So, um, yeah, you will see that on our show notes as well. So, so I want to hear about, like, the third biggest German Kickstarter going downhill. Yes. <laughs> What's that? What's the deal with that? Because so, I'm looking oh. at crowdfinancing right now, and I have to say that, that Germans, by definition, are just as suspicious of crowdfinancing as they are of, like, social media. I mean, that's my personal own personal belief. It's like, yeah. it's just like, what is the deal with that? Yeah, I think that's true to a certain degree. So uh, this leads us right into the March news. A uh, Kickstarter in Germany, like you said, was the third biggest uh, ever in Germany. This company now is bankrupt. What they uh, promised was a very nice looking like water kettle, water boiler kind of thing. And it was meant to work with induction technology. So by the pictures they used on the website, which you can find in the show notes, it really looked as if as if it was uh, as if you just had to put your mug or your glass on a black plate and then push a button and then it would heat things up. Adding um, to that, also a big insolvency in the crowdfunding area has been in February, sorry to interrupt you guys, uh, has been ProtonEdge. They did provide a private cloud service, but apparently it never went really to the point where more than um, computer science enthusiasts could really use it and so at one point they burned through all the money and they are gone together yeah. in summer 2014 they raised within 90 minutes 750,000 euros which was world record for crowdfunding and now on 13th of february so the day before um valentine's, valentine's day. day exactly unfortunately they had to file for insolvency really sorry to see them go okay so yeah you can probably speak of a trend here so back to mito or, or my ito i don't know how to pronounce it properly they collected 
a rather small amount of money. It was just 800,000 euro, but um, it was 6,000 people on Kickstarter backing them. Uh, now the money is more or less gone. The insolvency lawyer they are using or they, they, are, they hired said that the remaining money shall be reimbursed to the backers, but how much of the 800,000 euro collected is still remaining was not publicly confirmed yet. So they have to pay their suppliers first, I guess, and the designers. But yeah, that didn't really work out. Yeah, probably you're right. It's it's probably still a niche a niche thing to do to use the um, to use Kickstarter, and uh, probably there weren't that many really there, there weren't that many cases where uh, Kickstarter or kickstarting crowdfunded campaigns really gathered so much traction. Yeah, but see, I think that what you're talking about, though, is slightly different. It sounds like like this one, they raised the money, but they didn't quite get their stuff in order. Yeah. I mean, right. I mean, and it was interesting because the reason I was I was, you know, my eye was caught to this particular item was that last week I was one of those. I was one of my uh, meetup groups here in Frankfurt. And it was super interesting. I mean, it was it was definitely people who were thinking and uh, disrupting healthcare. Actually, it was a, a very cool startup event uh, disrupting healthcare. But one of the people who presented actually said that they had raised a million, 1.2 million euros overseas in American Kickstarter. So they so the idea of, you know, raising the money and then not quite doing what you're supposed to do is one thing. I'm just kind of curious about what the what the German appetite really is for getting a Kickstarter campaign off the ground, because it sounds like people are raising the money. It's just like then, oops. We're, we're not doing what we said we're going to do. Yeah, I mean, and also probably it has to do with the general with the general mindset of the Germans because I think when it comes to gadgets, Germans never have never been as playful as the Americans are. So I, I guess you can label the Americans as the as-seen-on-TV nation. So I think <laughs> they're, they're used to this, like, teleshopping and... All these kinds of things. And in Germany, it took really a lot of time to get off the ground for those things. Yeah. And now we have home shopping Europe and, and like the, the shopping channels. But it's I think it, it works very differently because they are not it's not it's not this uh, funny little gadget gadget thing that you would order at the on, on the teleshopping channel, but more clothes or uh, linens, bed sheets, or something like that. That and, came to um, my mind when you've been starting to talk about home shopping, because actually it appears that the target group of the home shopping is quite older here in Germany than it is abroad, because the only one person I know who watches home shopping on a regular basis is my mom and she's already retired and when I watch with her the people who call in live into into the TV they sound like they've been all a little bit more senior yeah. so apparently for me it's like the generation who's a little bit too old to be comfortable with e-commerce here in Germany yeah. at least. Well, so yeah, except you don't have like Ivanka Trump here. I mean, there's there is a level on which yes, I think thank you know, God. both of you are absolutely right. But since since you're absolutely right on target, I mean, as a 13 year old kid, I was like dropped into this like buy 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 buy. You know, this like mm -hmm. shopping culture everywhere. I mean, partly that's U.S. culture, and partly you know, yeah, we don't have Ivanka, and we don't have that sort of like pitch culture here in Germany where everything is super commercialized. The flip side is, though, that Germans like to buy strange stuff. They do. They, I think they just, <laughs> like everybody, right? But they just don't necessarily want to buy it on like a, 
shop till you drop. You've got 90 seconds to whip out your credit card kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, also, I just, yeah. yeah. Anyway. And also credit cards for a very long time weren't really a thing. So if you were a teleshopping company, I think it was always worth it figuring out other methods of payment. So yeah. because, again, like the parent generation, I think a lot of them don't even have a credit card. And That's you need totally to true. The yeah. only thing my mom has is like a client card, like a Maestro um, EC card where she can uh, pay in the shop, but it's directly debited. It's just a debit card. But what also came to my mind, if I try out a new restaurant here in Frankfurt, I usually go on the website or on TripAdvisor and have a look if I can even pay with credit card because you have like a very little local store. It is usually the yeah. case that you cannot pay by credit or debit card. You pay cash only. We still have quite a few shops here around in frankfurt that do cash only yeah and that is very that i have to say that is super european because you know the boomers of the boomers in other words your parents generation in the u.s are the people who absolutely love credit cards so i mean there's i think there's but at the same time the germans have a better system of like the sepa system is way better so you don't necessarily need a credit card plus there's this german thing about not being in debt right which is first <laughs> you, i want to break that news to you Margaret. for long so 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 but i think i think it's just it's an interesting it's an interesting side note we're, we're full of side notes and uh, tonight and yeah. uh margaret so, margaret, so what's what's one, going one on very speaking of the us what's going on in the south by southwest Margaret, yeah, so some South very by Southwest helping a bit back and forth. It, it just finished. I think they wrapped up things two days ago or yesterday. So uh, for the people still not familiar with the concept, it is a by now gigantic, uh, gigantic conference taking place in Austin, Texas. Um, one of the few pretty indie places or alternative places in Texas, I would say. It is a conference with three tiers being interactive film and music. So there are a lot of concerts, a lot of talks about indie movie makers, but also interactive and media-related stuff. Uh, startup companies like to present themselves there. And somehow Germany became one of the countries that sends the biggest delegations or groups of people to South by Southwest, which was also the case this year. There was a startup called Holoplot, and this startup won the South by Southwest Interactive Innovation Award in a category called Music and Audio. So what Holoplot does, I think they're from Berlin, they build uh, sound walls that allow focused sounds in a train station, which means, for example, if you're in a, or, uh, in a train station or any bigger public area, which means that, for example, the wall has several hundred or up to a thousand sound units that's at least how I understood it. And then the sound can be specifically aimed at a particularly small area of the train station. So you wouldn't come up with sound for the whole platform, but probably only for people very close to a couple of those speakers. That's what Holoplot does. They won. And then there's another company, which I guess you will like. It's called Horse Analytics. Horse <laughs> Analytics. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> it's like, it's I love the idea. <laughs> You're so, such an easy audience. I understand that. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't even explain it yet. So Horse Analytics offers wearable for horses. Which means, uh, I don't know, step counter. The, the, what they say? 
And it gets better. It gets better. It, it says, uh, your horse in your pocket. <laughs> somehow. That's, that's innovative, finding your audience. I mean, that, that is a niche audience if I've ever heard of one. <laughs> it's, it's really niche. Yeah, if you want to look it up, it's horse-analytics.com. Or horse-analytics.com. And... Um, <laughs> show notes, sorry. Where before yeah. horses... <laughs> It is, and it is crazy because I wonder, like, let's say you're a lazy horse and then all of a sudden the other horses can mock you for not running that much or like, I don't know how it goes. But yeah, it sounded like fun. Uh, the horse analytics people, they didn't win the uh, accelerated pitches there, but they at least were able to present themselves. See, now here's my question to you. Okay, so the team behind horseanalytics.com, I mean, they spent time, they put up a website, they put together whatever this is. Do you think that they might actually have thought they might win? I mean, I'm, <laughs> I mean seriously, well, was it let's that strange? Let's put it like this. I, I'm pretty sure horse people pay a lot of money for their animal and they like the animal to stay healthy. Probably if you own a horse, then you're renting it out from time to time. So probably there's a market there where you want to know like what the other people are doing with your horse and how healthy it stays so, so like a wearable uber for horses basically <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's it okay yeah. sounds like a good idea so uh -oh. yeah so we'll see we'll see where i think we will have we now we'll have an eye on that <laughs> at least it seems well, like the horse analytics tracker right horse you know? analytics is now on our radar i guess yeah, yeah. They, they did this year much better than soundcloud i'm afraid right yes so uh yeah this leads to less fun news uh because soundcloud which always which i mean which always has been one of the beacons of the berlin startup world now really seems to be in trouble because SoundCloud needs to raise money and they are not really able to do it. They are looking at like a two to three digit million in dollar investment, but no one seems to be willing to pay that much money or to invest. SoundCloud is in the space more or less considered to be in the same space as Spotify is or Apple Music, but Spotify and Apple Music have already way better established their paid subscriptions. Spotify says it's at more it says it's at more than 50 million paying subscribers right now. Apple claims that it has more than 20 million subscribers. SoundCloud has a an option where you can pay 10 million uh, 10 million 10 dollars per month, but it doesn't seem to work that well. And it's said that from their heyday they had a 700 million valuation in 2014 dollars that is and now it seems to be down to 250 million and they're trying to find someone who buys it for 250 million twitter is involved there as well they have 70 they chipped in 70 million dollars uh, i think last year and yeah and so soundcloud is also pretty secretive about their numbers they have they claim to have 175 million monthly uniques but this number hasn't been updated since 2014 so you don't really know where they stand in the market yeah so it's either uh finding someone who chips in a bit more money or it has to be sold for a price for way less than those 700 million i was talking about you know and, um, and this is the other thing right yep Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, but the other thing is, so I mean, and this is my question about these 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 services, right? If you're not Apple, where is your business model? I mean, clicks through is one thing, but I mean, that's kind of again, I, and I, I these are all good services, but do you guys see these? You know, all of these services, with the exception of say Apple, who started it all, are going to uh, again musical again musicalpets.com. Is that where this is heading? So 
So, no, um, I, I see the problem with <coughs> SoundCloud a little bit more in the area they don't have a real focus. Spotify is music streaming. Okay, Apple is music streaming, but more expensive. That's what all the Apple buy, uh, Apple customers are usually doing. They pay a little bit more for things that can do the same like everybody else, but there's an Apple on it. But the trouble with soundcloud for me started pretty early because at the beginning we only did startupradio.de the german startup news it was like we went there and it was a pretty good service and we were happy with all of that and a lot of other podcasts been hosted there and then at one point i said okay you're a podcaster you're my client now pay and we said okay we leave And that was about the story. And I know a few other podcasts who did the same. So they are a little bit in trouble to really get a subscriber base going because podcasts are usually free of charge like ours is. And so you don't get a lot of money as a podcaster. And on the other hand, you also have the trouble in case of SoundCloud. Like we have many people just downloading their audio files to the mobile device without ever directly visiting or seeing SoundCloud. So they cannot even show advertisements. That's a little bit troublesome for them, I do believe. Yeah, and from a user perspective, I always perceived SoundCloud as being um, the, some kind of like the, 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 the audio offering for professionals because what I see at SoundCloud is usually DJ stuff and uh, real fancy remixes of things and it just doesn't seem to have a very intuitive um app or way to um yeah way to listen to music and i would at least argue that apple leaves a lot of space in the market because itunes by now and apple music are terrible products to use i hate it i hate um how to uh, uh, how to synchronize it always takes forever and the whole itunes to me just seems like a terrible clumsy product and it's not intuitive at all anymore and i just recently like two months ago i went from my uh, my itunes library to put things up on spotify and i mean i yeah and spotify i like it a lot more um because it's also nice uh, the way it works across different platforms but my one criticism of spotify is that it doesn't necessarily do a very good job in recommending me high quality music they have all these algorithms going on and giving people the uh, the mixes but i have the feeling that a lot of the stuff that happens on spotify is just giving me fillers and songs that are pretty yeah that that don't really matter to me but uh still it's it's for me it's uh, for now the best solution in the market well Actually, you know and, i do believe was that itunes is getting getting a little bit win amped i think we talked about it in past startup <laughs> news so basically at first you had all the free mp3 downloads you downloaded everything and the player of choice has been win but it has been fast it has been okay looking for the time and then you just drag and dropped your music you you made up a playlist that's it it worked and the more and more and more editions of winem came out it always got bigger it got clumsier it got more disturbing all the menus all the settings everything you could do then you could also do videos with it and then you could also do internet radio with it and At one point, you completely had no clue about the different functions. Maybe they should have split at this point into three. And I do believe way before that, I was already dropping 
Winamp as the tool of choice and maybe if so many people wouldn't have been using Apple, what you can only yeah. do with iTunes, I think it would have gone the same way. It, For my personal experience, it gets more and more Winamped. Well, yeah. And, and, yeah, and and here's the thing, and, and this is, I think, a good transition into one of the next items, which is the Rocket Corner. You know, the ongoing crises at Rocket being described as no plan, no profits, no new ideas. You know, <laughs> I mean, I think I yeah. think there's a, there's a level on some of this, in, in and it's not just app development, it's not just certain verticals, although I think that, like, the sound, the SoundCloud, Apple Music, streaming stuff is cool but i haven't seen a lot of innovation right and and i think that yeah. in terms of the rocket internet not that i i want to criticize anybody or anything but i think that there are many players in this startup world who just kind of get there they might you know come out of the gate like you know everybody's business and go to town and then they run out of steam and i don't would you say that's true of um, True, and uh, and I mean, especially in uh, with Apple also criticizing that in the hardware sector as well. Uh, if you look at a product like the MacBook Air, which was like the design icon when it was introduced, and now it hasn't been changed for what is, I think, six or seven years. Yeah, and so it's also true, I think, for iTunes. I think they are not necessarily treating iTunes that well because they want to educate people away from their hard libraries on the hard drive. <laughs> They want to educate people away from their libraries on the hard drive towards the music service they are using. And this makes it a product which is a bit undecided in between. Before we get to Rocket Internet, just taking a deep breath because uh, we I still uh, found out about, about two little things. One is a more positive note. There is a German startup which uh, sells lampshades uh, and it's called Lampenwelt.de, so lampworld.de. And they got an additional 120 million euro in funding which is like a hidden champion people don't necessarily talk often about. Uh, we have a link for further information about that in the show notes. And then the German banking institution BaFin, which uh, does banking overview oversight, is said to be close to handing an insurance license to the Berlin-based fintech incubator FinLeap, where you will also find an additional in-depth information on the sh in the show notes, which leads us to uh, what Margaret already uh, spoke about, our little rocket internet corner and this month at the rocket internet in the rocket internet corner we will talk about we found an article called der fall icarus the case of icarus it was yeah you can probably label it as a takedown of the whole company or the whole system it was published in uh, the german business and economy weekly wirtschaftswoche they um, came up with a portrait of oliver sammler so one of the um, Rocket Internet founders and about the ongoing crisis there. And you already said it. The article is very critical. It started with this teaser of saying um, no plan, no profits, no new ideas. Oliver Zumber's startup manufacturer runs in crisis mode right now. Will Delivery Hero and HelloFresh offer the chance of a turnaround? Confidential documents raise concerns. So there we have a link in the show notes, but it's not the full link because it's after paid content and paywall. Yeah, but still... Uh, they seem they they seem to be in trouble for what we, being the wise uh, smart wise asses or wise smart asses <laughs> that we are, have been criticizing for months now. Um, that they need some whole... lampshades. They need to come up with like, like some lampshades, and that will. You know... <laughs> I don't. I mean, 
at least the lampshade stuff. I, I don't know about a copycat, what the lampshade stuff copycatted. And so if you if you look at Leaf, uh, a Delivery Hero, Hero or HelloFresh, I mean, HelloFresh is a, uh, is a one-to-one copycat of a Blue Apron. And so that's usually their strategy. And they try to put someone uh, who's capable of doing it in the management seat and then sell with a uh, with a very aggressive exit strategy but this seems to come to an end right now but not everything is bad about rocket internet i would say we have clark.de here in frankfurt talking about frankfurt and local hub which was named one of the 50 most promising startups you've never heard of in bloomberg march 2017 clark.de is an insurance broker who helps you not only to find the right insurance but to manage it we have an interview already recording coming up soon after editing by me sorry a little bit of overwork guys which was the only and really the only one from germany unfortunately but it's headquartered in frankfurt rhein main rocks stay tuned for the interview speak more about rhein main This is your area of expertise. Yeah, um, there's a... <laughs> well, this is Frankfurt is Frankfurt is a whole nother like sub thing. I mean, you know, it may be Bjorn's town, but I'm moving in. I have to say Frankfurt is, is exploding. Clark is here, but they are just one of the many. And, um, you know, it's exciting to be here. We I have to have say very good examples of successful crowdfunding campaigns like Antelope Suit, where you can find on startuprate.io an interview we've done with them being the very first ones in the world to talk to them in an English and German interview at the same time. And we have Kobe Bike, a very experienced and seasoned entrepreneur who does the same to bicycles, what the people who invented smart cars did to automobiles, so you get a smart bicycle out of them. Look in our show notes for all the links. And there's um, uh, the Tech Quartier meaning the city of Frankfurt and state of Hessian funded level number 39 equivalent here in Frankfurt. And they try to attract bank-related startups, everything fintech, but not only fintech. Also, we made an exclusive interview with Ram Shoham, one of the two founders of the Accelerator Frankfurt program, who is now also headquartered there. And there will be an Israeli-German startup program there as well as well as a program of the Boston Consulting Group. Just for starters, Margaret, Frankfurt School, your home turf. Well, yeah, well, see, I was going to comment a little bit on that Israeli thing at TQ. I mean, I'm Jewish, right? I'm an American Jew. So I am very, very interested in what they're going to be doing at TQ. But I have always, I've also put out some some feelers there to everybody and saying, you know, don't leave don't leave us American Jews out too. But but I think that what's going on at TQ is, is amazing and And I'm looking forward to seeing uh, other things come out of that, particularly because, I mean, Jorn and I, actually, Jorn was there singing me happy birthday last week when we ran into each other at the Frankfurt School of Management and Finance's first startup night on March 16th. Bjorn, I don't know how you felt, but I was completely blown away. It was packed, 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 yeah, packed, was, packed, packed. It was completely incredible because it was like 40, 60 startups here from the region as well as some corporate startups we had a panel discussion including one of the founders of vapiano you know the convenience food chain that is all over the world now in dubai new york chicago and the like and they they originated here in frankfurt you can still visit here the first vapiano that was pretty cool and actually it felt like there was more going on 
than at many startup conventions you usually attend in terms of first startups, especially new startups. There, there have been like 60 companies altogether and I would say even five of them I didn't know personally, which of course are changed. Funny, many of them knew already about Startup Radio. Personally, well, that's I I've, really that's liked it. I've, Frankfurt School yes. did a good job. Two thumbs up. And I hope they'll do more of this pretty soon. No, here you well, go, I, Margaret. Yeah, no. I mean, first of all, the reason that they all know about you is because, you know, I have to say, I knew a lot of people there. Um, I, I did. I knew all the startups. I knew all the sponsors there. It was a really great chance to catch up with people. So, But to your point, point Bjorn, I think it was, first of all, it was the first one they've ever done. And I think the pressure is on them from the students, from startups, from the community to keep more and doing more like that, because it was a great energy to your point. It was a fabulous event. It was more intimate than say doing it at the Hessen, you know, center business center. And I think that everybody walked through there going, wow. I mean, even, you know, I had my, even to the point where I had my little startup, you know, there at the favorite school table. And even though I didn't have as much money as some of those guys there, because I'm just at the beginning, it was great. And I, I, you know, I think everybody, everybody who was there, everybody who had heard about it was like, go Frankfurt School, more of this. Yes, please. This is this is really what we want. And I think the other thing, Bjorn, is, as you mentioned, they had a really nice introductory um, panel and speakers. They're starting a blockchain center at the school. They're really trying to figure, you know, figure out a new and different ways to go forward as a business school. And I think clearly the startup, the startup thing is is uh, is well on their on their radar and, and good for them. So and apparently they also have uh, a student entrepreneur club called FS Light Up, and they've been very smart because they already assigned me as a speaker for one of their events. I don't know when, I don't know what I shall be talking about, most likely public relations and startups, but I'll be there, guys. Big promise. Also, talking about Frankfurt, they have been at least a successful partially exit the German parcel service. Hermes acquired a majority stake in Frankfurt-based startup Livery. So you can learn more here on DotUpRate.io. Housekeeping, Christian, you want to talk? Yeah, so Stuart Cameron is a person, uh, a guy who approached us. He's the CEO of Ulala, a company which supports, promotes and connects LGBTI and all the other letters of the internet, of, the, of this area. <laughs> People and women in leadership. This sounded terrible. I don't mean it. I support the no, no, cause. Don't, don't worry. We welcome just, everybody. Just, refugees from just, Trump, refugees from North Africa, <laughs> and everybody who, became, who likes to trash just, and love whatever they became, do. Don't worry. Uh, it just became helpful these days. So lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and transident, I think. So at least I hope I got the abbreviation right. And then usually there's we the queue so for too. queer in general. Yeah, so, um, man, it's a queer hackathon. We can say that. Yeah. And everyone's so there you go. Yes, a exactly. hackathon. It's called Love to the Front in Berlin, which we would like to advocate, advertise here. It's going to be on the 31st of April in Berlin. It will be hosted by Erasis. And you can learn more about that at unicornsintech.com. Unicornsintech.com, then scroll down to events, or it's unicornsintech.com slash work slash hackathon. And uh, yeah, dub, we dub, dub, startup rate.io show notes. True. Exactly. 
Stuart and the people there the best of success. Then uh, we would like you to not miss Startup Radio in Berlin, covering and moderating or hosting the technology panel of the first international cannabis business conference to be held in Germany after legalization. Yes. Uh, That would be me. That would that. Hey, I mean, this is like a, I think this is like a triple thing, right? First of all, Startup Radio is sponsoring this. Seriously, yeah. this is like the first. And I know for some Germans, I'm saying this as an American. So so take it with a grain of salt. But I mean, and and this is the other thing, whole thing. So so Germany has just basically legalized, me, you know, medical cannabis. And I'm excited because that's what my business plan for my MBA was all about. But, you know, plus blockchain. But no, regardless, I see this as like a great industry. I mean, particularly because it's medical. And in from the startup space, this is going to be a huge wealth of, particularly in the beginning, what's called weed tech. But it can kind of morph into a couple of ways, right? It's kind of reg tech. It's kind of banking, you know, bank tech. It's a little bit of everything. And it's about to hit Germany. And I am super, super, super excited, which is why I've been lobbying Bjorn and telling everybody, you know, I've been trying to like maneuver. So now Startup Radio is actually, their sponsor of this is going to be April 9th through the 11th in Berlin. You can find, there's still tickets available. They are going to have unbelievable speakers. I mean, anyone who's curious about this business, this legal business, it's, it's a great opportunity to find out about it. But in terms of startup stuff, From every perspective, I can guarantee you that we are going to see a lot of creativity coming down the road. And I'm going to be doing a lot of reporting, you know, coordinating with specifically with uh, with Bjorn and figuring out how to kind of bring some of the more interesting people that I meet, you know, at the conference itself to interviews here on on uh, Startup Radio as well. So that's a little plug, but it's coming up. And if you actually wanted to go in person, um, again, it's April the 9th through 11th, and I will be chairing the technology panel. So I look nice. forward to seeing our videos, there, our, our loyal listeners there, and we'll be doing some fun stuff. <laughs> and of nice, course, yeah, so the t-shirt of startuprate.io before you go there. Absolutely. There are t-shirts? <laughs> I never heard of t-shirts. Anyway. I want to be um, on <laughs> Christian, when it's a birthday, you get one mailed over. <laughs> It was five days ago. Oh, that was a terrible thing to do again by me. Anyway, I just have a very, uh, a very minor, like one thing to close things up. It's, it's a little preview of, what, of what's going to happen on our next show, because hopefully next time around we will have a guest on the show. Her name is Dawn Kissy. She's an awesome woman, founder and CEO of a website called Emerging Market Views, which you can find at em views.com em-views.com and it's a business use website focusing on emerging markets she is american uh, thinking about relocating probably the whole company to europe to frankfurt she has she's very opinionated i really like her for that she's going to talk about the london startup scene the way she perceives the german startup scene and uh, startup culture here in the u.s in general so probably um, this is going to be interesting and that's a wrap from me and now you Two little funny people <laughs> can say whatever. You want. Horses, yes, nobody funny. Horses, nobody maybe? had fun here, right? No, totally not. Yeah. You can do. Are we horses to you? You can do horse analytics. You know which little horse. You know, whatever. <laughs> well, I can be a cannabis horse, and <laughs> so that means we'll be. We'll have the hashtag horse analytics. <laughs> So, sorry, guys, if you are out there, uh, CEO, employee or friend of Horse Analytics, send them out to us. I do a serious interview with them. Don't want to offend anybody, not even the horses. Okay.
There you go. Thank you, guys. It's been real as usual. <laughs> Looking forward, you know, more yeah. cool things to come. So that's it. Uh, that's it, guys. Yeah. Over. I say bye-bye from New York. Bye-bye. Bye-bye from Frankfurt. See you guys. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. This is Jörn from StellarBreak.io. Thanks for staying on. This time the recording was so funny that we'll give you some bloopers here at the end. This is a hidden track, and you only hear it when you stayed on. Thanks, guys. Um... Oh, I like no plans, no plan, no profits, no ideas. I'm admittedly almost tipsy. I had two German root beers. Oh, oh that's good. Uh, I wish I had drunk already, too. Uh, <laughs> I'll put it on top because then I can talk about me messing things up. And we can say that we oh, uh, we did like Margaret, little... we still have to do some some taxi jokes, right? Some taxi jokes? Yeah, last time he had the problems with a taxi. Oh, True. that's yeah. right. So I do the welcome now? You do the welcome. Okay, and uh, okay, so we start now. So please behave. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. You don't behave. Okay, one, two, three. Um...